Oh, hallelujah. Come, let's give our Lord Jesus praise this morning. Can we do that? He is King. He is Lord. He is God. We praise and we worship you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Good morning, family. Everybody well and blessed? Full of the Lord? Amen. As, as you asked the question, I thought of quickly and then I realized, no, it's actually seven churches. So I don't want to leave any of them out. Praise God. Thank God Jesus is building His church. We are in revival. I know we're seeing revival all around the world, and it's happening in Cape Town. And Jesus continues to build His church. Amen. And so I just want to say thank you once again to my dad and mom in the faith, Apostle Thea and Pastor Bev. Thank God for a couple like this. You know, I don't know how, how we can live without God. We thank God for His Word. But have you realized the word lay in my house for many years and did nothing for me? But it takes a preacher. How will they hear unless there's a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? And I thank God that he sent Apostle Thea and Dr. Bev into our lives. I'm forever grateful. My wife is alive today because of that. The living word, knowing how to put the word into action. And we've seen so many miracles. I take just the whole morning to tell you what God's been doing in our life. But I know you all got the similar story. Don't let the devil ever steal that from you. Don't let him bring some little offense and then all of a sudden running off. When you know what God has done through the living word. Keep reminding yourself, Satan's trying to get me out of here for a reason. No, I'm planted. I'm staying. I'm sitting under the word. I don't care if no one else is here, I'm going to be here. Can you say amen? amen? So 34 years later, I'm still listening to my pastor, even though I preach all over. Amen. Because it's the word that feeds us. So again, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Are you ready for the word this morning? Yes. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. We thank you for the living word. And it's you that we've come to hear from today. And so I put aside all my own ambitions and I submit myself under your mighty hand. Thank you for being the privilege to be the voice to your word today. And on that, I want to do just as Jesus. Only say what I've heard you say. And so I believe that by grace, I shall speak your word in faith. And as that word goes forth with great power, you ignite it with your presence. Take it deep into the heart of every hearer, which causes faith to rise. And dispels every form of fears. Minds are renewed to your word. Understanding replaces confusion. I believe each and every one of us today are transformed from glory to glory. For this we give you alone the praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Family, if you're ready to receive, shout amen. amen. Praise God as you're seated. Open your Bible at Matthew chapter 16. Hallelujah. Now I just want to give you a little gift. Uh, we just recently had our Kings and Priests Conference, and it was a tremendous success. It's something the Lord laid on my heart to start last year. Many of you have heard of Ministers' Conferences. Now, Ministers' Conference, you usually think of the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and the teacher. But the Lord wanted me to minister to the whole body, and we know according to Ephesians 4 that God gives the fivefold to equip believers for their work. So if you think of kings and priests, even though we are all the royal priesthood, uh, individually you can be king and priest in your home. you priest of the, you know, the spiritual aspects, and you're also king in terms of ministering in the world. But 
corporately, your fivefold ministry, the priest is the type of that, and the king is the type of those who are in business, who are going to be a part of equipping so that the work can be done in the marketplace. And for a long time, that hasn't been understood, where that, that interrelation, that connection, how sometimes kings feel frustrated because they're not called to the pulpit, but I know I'm called to ministry. And so we've got this conference where we get powerful business people that are millionaires, and then they come in and they minister the word, what their relationship is to the king and the priest. And so it's, it's a tremendous conference. We've got a lot of speakers, and I want to give that to you for free. So you can download that from the, our online platform. All you need to do, the easiest way is go to Instagram, look my name up, Alan Bagg, A-L-L-A-N-B-A-G-G, and don't forget the second G. And then you'll find me, you just like, you, you follow, and then in the bio, the, the description, you'll find Linktree slash Alan Bag. You click on that, and you'll see the free resources on the top of that list. Just click through, and you can go and download that, and be blessed, and I believe it's going to help encourage your relationship with your apostle and your pastor here. Amen. Praise God. Jesus was in the region of Caesarea Philippi, verse 13. And he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they say, some say, John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Do you notice when Jesus asks a question, he's not really looking for an answer? Because he already knows the answer. But he uses the questions to expose things in our lives. And so you notice he just glossed over their answer, but he gets down to the reason he's asking. Who do you say that I am? And today I'm putting that question on you. I put it on myself as well. Who do you say Jesus is? If we walked out here and we're about to a group of people just go down to the mall or a restaurant somewhere and just stop someone randomly and say, who is Jesus? You're going to get so many different answers. Some will say, well, he was just a great prophet. Others will say, well, he sits next to Father Christmas and the Tooth Fairy. You know, you, there's so many different answers out there. And so the bottom line is, who do you say Jesus is? Because we can only receive from God to the level of which we believe Him to be. I was brought up in a religious denomination that they called church, but the way He was presented was this angry God, and you have to struggle so hard to impress Him, and you can't really expect anything because you never know what God's going to do. The result is, many people were hurting, broken, but, you know, just religiously serving God. And yet when you discover that God is a loving God, full of grace and mercy, that He's paid the price for your, not only your salvation, but your healing and your financial provision and your protection and all these various aspects, we can only receive to the level of what the Word we've heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And without faith it is impossible to please, please God. So I would never know we could be healed until I heard the Word of God on that. And so we can only receive to the level of the word we've heard, believed, accept, receive, and act on. And so it's very important, the question, who is Jesus to you today? And I believe we're going to tap into a revelation that is called a mystery in the word of God. But once we understand it, we can walk in the full power of it. Hallelujah. And so Simon Peter in verse 16 answered and said, you are 
the Christ. Everybody say, the Christ. The Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, or hell, will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then verse 20, he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus, the Christ. Everybody say, the Christ. Christ. That's an interesting statement that he tells them, don't tell anyone I'm Jesus, the Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but when I grew up in this religious organization, it was kind of portrayed that Christ was almost like Jesus' surname. You know, Alan, Bag, Jesus, Christ. And so (laughs) we're going to discover today that this is not his surname. Obviously, when you say Christ, you are referring to Jesus. But it's interesting that he would say, don't tell anyone I am Jesus, the Christ. Now, he's not saying don't tell people I'm Jesus. Give me a break. The man is famous. Everywhere he went, everyone knew who he was. The signs and wonders spoke about him long before he got to town. By the time he arrived, thousands of people were gathered to see him. So it's not like he was saying, don't tell anyone who I am. Why is he saying the Christ? Because you notice when Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, no man revealed that to you. See, up to that point, Jesus hadn't told anybody he's the son of God. He always referred to himself as the son of man. So three interesting things are revealed here. Number one is that he is the son of God. And then the other thing Peter said is, you are the Christ. And then Jesus said, based on this rock, this revelation, I will build my church and hell cannot stop it. No demon is ever going to stop the church of Jesus. And if that is the case, certainly no man can stop it. And then he went on to say, this is so powerful that if you understand this revelation that I'm building my church on this understanding is that you, when you declare something, heaven will back you up. God's given his entire angelic force to answer somebody who understands this revelation, the word of God, and to put it into action. If you can speak the word on the authority of Jesus, heaven will support you. Come on, give Jesus praise for that. So when he says the Christ, what's he talking about? The word Christ is used 550 times in the King James Version. It's the Strong's number G5547. And the original Greek word is Christos. Christ is not a religious word. It's actually a Greek word. And if you look at the translation of Christos, if you speak, If a Greek person said Christos, they are saying the anointed one, the anointed. That's literally the translation. It's a direct translation. There's no variation. It is exactly what the word means. So when if you're speaking Greek in Greek sentences and then slotted Christ in that sentence, Christos, they would hear in their vernacular the same way as if I said to you, the anointed. That's what they heard. And so... We understand that that Greek word comes from another word, 
we see here when Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother, went to go and tell him who he had found in John chapter 1, verse 41. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. So even the word Christos is translated from another word. And yeah, it's written in the English form, Messiah, but the actual word in the Hebrew is Hamashiach. Hamashiach. And that is Strong's number H4899. Hamashiach. Messiah. We would say Messiah in the English. Now, the root of that is Mashach. It means, again, the anointed. Anointed. And then it goes on in its translation, in, in the description, saying, poured over, smeared all over, rubbed all over. Poured over, smeared all over, rubbed all over. Now, to understand this, you can see when they anointed in the Old Covenant, only the king, the priest, and the prophet was anointed. And the way they would do it is the priest would have them come before him, and maybe they would kneel down, and he would take a full flask of oil. When they anointed somebody in the old covenant, it wasn't like we do it neat and tidy in church. We would take a little dab and put it on the forehead kind of thing. No, they would take that entire jug and pour it out on his head and just all over the body. It would run down their beard and down their jacket, down onto their legs, and they'd be sitting in this pool of oil. And anywhere the oil didn't get to, they would rub it all over till eventually he was totally covered in oil. How many wouldn't mind being anointed like that with oil on a Sunday? So they are totally, they are smeared all over, rubbed all over. In other words, there's no part of them exposed. It's just covered in oil. That person is anointed. You've got an understanding. So anointed is direct translation. The Hebrew word Messiah talks about that rubbed all over, that's anointed, translated to Christos, which is then translated into the anointed. Now, I don't know why they didn't do that when they put it into English. I think there's a lot of tradition there. But what I've learned to do is understand that it's, we, we do respect Christ, we understand the word Christ because we understand it is talking about Jesus. I want to also know that if somebody's anointed, why are they anointed? Because of the anointing. The anointing is what makes somebody anointed. If you wet, I can safely assume water was involved. And water doesn't come without the wet. If, if you had water thrown on you, you would be wet. It's a description of that water. So what I've learned is take the word Christ, and wherever you see it, translate it as the anointed and his anointing. And it helps to understand a lot of scripture. For example, I can do all things through? See, it doesn't use the word Jesus, it uses the word Christ. Now, Jesus is involved because he's the anointed one. He paid the price for it. But if you translate and say, I can do all things through the anointed one and his anointing, that gives me strength. Hallelujah. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches where? In glory. How do we get it here? By Christ Jesus. The anointing of the anointed one, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
And so we can take that, and it, it really helps to look at it. So very often, Christ refers to the person of Jesus, but also sometimes it refers to the act of the anointing in Jesus. And so that'll help open a lot of Scripture to us as well. Hallelujah. And so when we talk about this anointing, what are we talking about? Jesus was getting up one day. He spoke in Luke chapter 4. You remember Jesus was baptized. And when he came up out the water, the Word of God, God describes that he saw the Holy Spirit coming upon him like a dove. And then the Bible says God took him out into the wilderness. And as you know, he was tempted those three occasions. And then the Bible says he came back in great power. Everybody say great power. So something changed after he had been baptized and the Holy Spirit had come upon him. And then he goes to his first service here in Nazareth, Luke chapter 4, verse 16. So Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he'd opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now, you and I would turn to Isaiah chapter 61. And he begins to read there. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Everybody say the spirit of the Lord. Who are we talking about here? The Holy Spirit. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news, the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And if we keep reading on from that moment, they wanted to kill him. They're getting ready to throw him off a cliff. What did he say that would cause that kind of reaction? Well, you must understand at this moment, the whole of Israel is waiting for Hamashiach. They're waiting for the anointed. And when Jesus talks about this anointing, what's he referring to? Well, he's reading from the book of Isaiah, and the context would be the whole chapter. If you look at Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27 from the King James Version, it says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. This is what they're waiting for. That his yoke will be taken from thy neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke will be destroyed. Now, I know we say sometimes the, the anointing breaks the yoke, which is true. It's still relevant. But that's not the word used here in the Hebrew. Break, if you think of a vase, or what do you say, vase? Uh, what's a vase? <laughs> One of those things you put flowers in. And so if you had a vase... And, and you dropped it, it would break. Now, you could take some glue and put it back together and still maybe use it for an for a, a, a ornament or something. The word destroy is different. It means take that vase after hand is broken and then take a four-pound mallet, a heavy hammer, and keep smashing every single piece until it's a pile of powder. Now that thing is destroyed. It'll never be used as a vase ever again. 
and the anointing destroys the yoke. Whatever the devil put on your life, no matter what people said to you, what family curses people have put on you, no matter what the teachers said to you, no matter what problems hit your life, no matter what's kept us in bondage, when the anointing comes in, it destroys that. It's annihilated. There is no history of it. It is totally removed from your life and can never affect you again. Come on, give Jesus praise for this. Now look how excited you got. You would think these people who just heard the message, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I can imagine them going, yes, hallelujah. We're waiting for this anointed one. And when he comes, he'll preach good news. Yes, same man. He'll heal the brokenhearted. Yes, same man. Glory to God. And he'll declare the year of liberty. Yes, amen. We accept that. Praise God. And today, I'm the man. What? His family is something about the anointing. You can preach anything, the devil doesn't mind. When you come to starting to change lives, he gets involved. He doesn't care if someone's standing up here and sprout stuff. And it's when you say there is a God who's alive and he's ready to change you. When that word is sown, Satan wants to come immediately to steal that word. He doesn't want to see what he spent years putting on you destroyed in a moment. And these people were not saved. They didn't understand the realm of the spirit. And so they got upset with this. And so all of a sudden, Jesus is now has this issue and so he goes on in ministry from there and we can see in uh, Acts chapter 10 Peter got up and opened his mouth and said in truth I perceive that God shows no partiality but in every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. Preaching through Jesus, the anointed one. He is Lord of all. That word you know. What word is this, Peter? What word do we know? He says that word which was proclaimed through all Judea. Which word are we talking about? That word which began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached well who started preaching after the baptism that would be Jesus he's the one preaching throughout all Judea he's the one proclaiming this word what word is that verse 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him Family, I believe that's the message that Jesus began preaching and they wouldn't let him finish. But from there on, he went everywhere to tell them, the anointing is now here to remove your burdens, to destroy your whole yokes. And he was going forth with great power and healing everyone who was sick and oppressed by the devil. For God was with him, not because he was God. Now we know Jesus is God. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. God. Jesus never stopped being God. He always is God. When He came into the earth, Philippians says He emptied Himself of that power. He came as a man in the likeness of man. Yeah, you can see how God anointed Jesus of 
Nazareth, not of heaven. Jesus of Nazareth, the man. It's something that God is bringing across to us here. How God anointed a man. Now, notice he anointed him with the Holy Spirit. God was with him. Who God? This Holy Spirit. So in the old covenant, they would anoint with oil. And of course, the Holy Spirit would be the one coming upon them. But we understand the oil was a tangible connecting point for someone who doesn't understand the realm of the Spirit. But now that we're born again, we don't need those tangible connections. See, the anointing is not just the oil. The anointing is not just some, you know, neutral kind of power. No, the anointing is a person. It is the Holy Spirit. How God anointed Jesus with. If I anointed you with oil, you would have oil on you. That's what we're talking about. You anoint with. If I anoint you with water, you'd be wet. So you're anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that anointing. Praise God. Lift your hand and say, the Holy Spirit is the anointing. See, when you refer to the anointing, the power of God, the glory, this is all talking about the same person. That's the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's the anointing that made Jesus the anointed. Now, why would the disciples be told, don't tell anybody this? Well, it was revealed there when Jesus first said it. If people don't understand the spiritual aspect of it, then they're going to respond as the devil tries to steal that word. And those disciples at that moment were not yet anointed. But praise God, Jesus said the day is coming when I will send the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And when he sends the Holy Spirit, how many you know Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit? That's not type A Holy Spirit and then he sends you type B. No, it's exactly the same Holy Spirit. And he says yeah, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Now, I don't have time to do a full word study of this, but yeah, we know he's referring to the Holy Spirit. Remember, he said, unless I go, I cannot send him. But if I do go, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And he said things like, he'll remind you of what you've been taught. He will teach you all things. He'll reveal to you your future. He'll guide you into truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what he's saying to them. I'm sending this promise upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. Family of God, that is exactly the same Holy Spirit that Jesus walked around with. That wherever he went, he could heal the sick because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Same Holy Spirit. Family of God, you are anointed. How many of you are born again? Let me see your hand. Raise it up. Keep it up. Say, praise God. The day I was born again, the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus, that made him the anointed, the exact same Holy Spirit. He came to live in me, the same anointing. I am anointed. I'm as anointed as Jesus. 
Now, I know religious folk get difficult with that last sentence. No, 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 no. Jesus? Hang on. Are you not the body of? Translate. The body of the anointed one and the anointing. If you got water on you, you're wet. Get real. Get used to it. If the anointed one's in you, if the anointing is in you, you're anointed. How anointed was Jesus? The anointing. Which anointing? The Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit's in you. You are the body of the anointed one. You are as anointed as Jesus. Come on, you've got to give Jesus praise if you get a hold of that. What's the anointing for? Remove burdens. Destroy yokes. You don't have to be nervous anymore. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. See, when he says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover, I don't have to wait to get to my pastor or my cell leader. Lift up your hand. Look at it. That hand. You see the flesh of your name. Well, this is the flesh of Alan Bag. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is right inside there. When I lay hands on him, it's no longer I who live, but... Translate. It's no longer I who live, but... The anointed one, his anointing lives in me. When I put my hands on it, it's not Alan Bag putting his hand on it. It is the anointing. That's what Jesus experienced when he was walking through the crowd one day. And there's a woman with a flow of blood. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. I'll be healed. And she presses through. And Jesus is walking, minding his own business. Next moment, whoa, he stops. Who touched me? And they're like, give me a break. Who touched you? This is a crowd. Yeah, everybody's, you're the famous man. Everyone wants to touch you, selfies. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? He says, no. Power flowed out of me. Who's he talking about? The anointing. Who's that? The Holy Spirit. Don't you love the Holy Spirit? Jesus wasn't even aware something was happening, but the Holy Spirit heard that woman speaking. And when she said, he says, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm waiting. And the moment she touched, he went in and immediately healed her. That's what Jesus felt. Praise God. Family, I want us to renew our minds. You are no longer the woman with the blood trying to get to the garment of Jesus. You are the body of Christ. You are the one carrying the anointing. People want to, when you go out in the world, there are needs that are out there and there are people that are hurting and you don't have to say, I just got to somehow get you to come to church. Keep doing that. But you can minister the anointing right there where you are. Don't be nervous. If someone, you see someone over there and you sense in your heart, the Holy Spirit says, that person, they ready, go, go witness to them. Well, I don't know. I just don't, I'm not comfortable. No, you are anointed too. It's not your strength. It's not your ability. The fact the Holy Spirit's prompted you is because He's already prepared the person. He heard them when they woke up and said, Please, Lord, I'm so hurting. If someone talks to me about you today, I'll serve you. And you're the closest person. He says, Go ahead. Talk to them. You can stand and say, Father, the fact that you've called me, I'm anointed to preach this good news. And you can go trust that anointing and walk straight up to that person. And you will say, and don't do it in your ability. Don't try and remember what are all the scriptures. Just relax. The Holy Spirit will remind you. You're anointed for this. You just begin talking to them. And you find the power of God will do more work than your words can. 
Hallelujah. You're anointed for business. You're anointed for life. See, that anointing shows up because sometimes you feel inadequate. But if it's not, you don't need the anointing for that moment. You may not even be aware it's there. But trust it is. You see, when, I first, when we first had our first daughter, Brittany, I'd never been a father before. I got no idea what a father is. I watched my father and, you know, there are things I appreciated and there were things I thought I'm never going to do in my life. And, and I, now this child's arriving. Can I be a good father? You don't know that. I don't feel adequate. And yet the moment they put that little one in my hands, that anointing manifested. Suddenly I was anointed to be a father. Hallelujah. And then the second one came. How many of you got two children? Have you noticed? They're not the same. Nothing's the same. I mean, I tried everything we tried with Brittany, and it just was not working with Michaela. So what do I do? I've got that Holy Spirit. He said he will teach me all things, not just the Word of God, whatever you need to know. And so I would go and pray and say, Lord, what does Michaela need? And I was anointed to be a father to Michaela. Very specific. Same as the anointing for, to be married to my wife. There's a very specific anointing, unique to me. I'm anointed to be Janine's husband. Uh, ladies, just put your fingers in your ears and go, la, la, la. I just want to talk to your husbands for a moment. <laughs> Guys, how many want a successful marriage? Amen. Put your hand on, just put up your now, I don't know about you, but, uh, I, you know, I once saw a book. and I know some of those people, you know, this might be an anecdote or a joke. No, I physically actually saw it. The title was, What Men Know About Women. And I picked it up. Oh, that's interesting. And as I opened it up, every page was blank. <laughs> Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, you, you're trying to figure this woman out. And then, you know, there, there's a whole lot of rules about how you interact. And you did this, but you shouldn't have said it that way. I know you meant this, but you should have done that. And, you're, and it takes a few years to eventually write the book. You know, you get, and, you, and you're editing, and you're changing, and you're editing. And just when you think you got it right, the exact situation that you have now documented happens. And so you follow the rules. And it's still wrong because the manual's changed. Come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, how are you going to win this ever? And then I tapped into a secret. This is God's daughter. He knows her better than I do. And so I'll wake up every morning and say, Lord, you know what Janine needs today. It's not the same as yesterday. But you already know. And I'm anointed to do this. And I believe you lead me and you guide me. Yeah. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden you're doing things and goes, how did you know? <laughs> Amen. Say this. Yes. yes. That's going to be your answer from now on. <laughs> if your boss comes to you and say, listen, so-and-so just resigned. Do you think you can do the job? Because maybe we don't feel we trained for it. We don't feel like we're adequate for it. But you are anointed for it. Amen. Maybe you don't understand the position. But you know what? The one who does lives within me. You don't need to have education. Don't get me wrong. Education is important. I would want my brain surgeon to have done medical school. But I also, I know whenever we go into operation, Janine 
just miracle after miracle. If she goes into hospital, we stand in agreement that whoever touches her, the doctor, the nurses, the anesthetist, when they do, the Holy Spirit that's in her will flow into them. And he'll be anointed to do this job. And we've had testimonies from doctors saying, wow, that operation went quicker than we thought it would. Yeah, you're anointed. See, we, we believe the anointing. If you're in business and you know you're looking for a good deal, maybe you're out there, and how many wouldn't mind making a few million dollars? So here's the key. I mean, you just keep your ears open. And all of a sudden, you know, you're in a conversation one day and then, Someone says, I'm looking for a, a machingaling. Now you may go, a oh, machingaling, that's a machingaling. <laughs> and then I, I, know, I know I'm anointed. So my answer is, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can find you a machingaling. <laughs> How much are you prepared to pay? He says, man, I haven't found them anywhere. I'll, I'll pay $20 for a machingaling. You would? How many you need? A million. Okay. I go and say, Holy Spirit, I may not know what a machingling is. You do. It, it must exist. The man wants one. <laughs> so you are the one that teaches me. You reveal to me. You guide me in truth. I believe I know what a machingling is. And I know where to find one. And I'll pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And I, every day just worship Him. Thank you, Father. I'm filled with the knowledge of your will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I hear your voice. I don't follow a stranger. You reveal to me all things. And then one day you're just sitting in, in a lounge somewhere and there's a business meeting behind you and you overhear it. He says, man, I've got all these machingalings I don't know what to do with. <laughs> I know that word. You what? What? Machingalings. I'm trying to get them out of my factory. How many you got? I got a million. You do? What are you, you going to give them for? He says, no, any, just a, give me a dollar for each one. Yes, that's a million dollars. He wants them for 20. Hey, listen, you still want those million shinglings? Yes. Yeah, $20. I can uh, sort it out. You just made a clear $19 million. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise. Family, you can use that concept anyway. When you're going to sit down to write an exam, for those that are students here, don't ever get nervous in an exam again. Do your due diligence, study, get the word in you, because he can't remind you unless it's there. He's not a cheat, amen. So you, you do your study, get it inside you. But sometimes you look at a question, you go, what? And then the panic begins to set in. So you go to the next question. Now you're more panicky. That, that's exactly what the enemy wants, is you to start sweating. Just, just chill out, stop. Say, I am anointed for this exam. I, I read that in the book. So Holy Spirit, you know, you saw me read it. Now, you're the one that reminds me. I have the answer. I'm anointed to do this exam. And we've had students give us so many testimonies. They've come back with all the distinctions that used to get C's and D's and E's coming back now with distinctions. Family, you are anointed. No matter what you're doing, no matter what business you're in, no matter where you are, whenever you go into a situation, you already have the anointing, the Holy Spirit. He is with you, and He will show you how to do it. Come on, give Jesus praise. Amen. Just lift your hand today and say, Father, thank you. I receive the precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Jesus said you dwell within me. I am anointed. 
thank you, Jesus. You paid the price. And I can say the same things. You said, whatever you do, I will do the same and greater. So I believe the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because you've anointed me to preach good news to the poor. You've sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I am anointed. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give our Jesus praise.